Welcome to the Build a Life After Loss podcast, uplifting support for your grief and healing journey. We're here to encourage your hope in the future and strengthen your confidence so that you can build a life of purpose and joy. I'm your host, Julie Clough, Certified Grief Coach. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 120, 120, Weight Loss Without Judgment. I've been traveling and I, before I went on my trip, I recorded uh, a few episodes and I'm just getting back into the swing of recording the podcast again. And it feels a little funny to be behind the microphone. Isn't that funny that just after it hasn't been that long and yet I feel like, oh my gosh, how do I do this? And I've been doing it for how long now? How long have you been listening to me? How long has it been? <laughs> Super fun to be here with you. I'm excited to be back and to be sharing this episode with you about weight loss. In episode 99 called Protecting Your Health, among other things, I talked about my personal struggle with weight loss over the years. It's a good one to hear about my weight loss journey and what I decided was the best path for me and some ideas around paying attention and why how we feel about ourselves influences how we show up for ourselves and how that can help us maintain a healthy weight. If you haven't listened to that one, it's worth listening to. Again, that was episode 99. Today, I want to go a little deeper into weight loss specifically. Uh, Last time I talked about health in general and some different ideas and some different areas of health, but our health is definitely something that suffers during grief. Grief is a whole body experience, and that can affect our weight up or down. The Germans even have a word for it, and I hesitate to even share this with you because, gosh, it's not very nice, and I'm talking about weight loss without judgment, but they have a word for it called, and I'm not going to pronounce this correctly, but it's like Kummerspeck. I took one year German in high school, which means I know nothing about German. (laughs) But this word cummerspeck, it translates into grief fat. Isn't that terrible? It's just awful. Physician Wendy Trubo wrote at Huffington Post, During an acute stressor, it's quite common to lose one's appetite. Long-term stress tends to increase one's appetite. That was my experience in multiple multiple grief experiences where at first it was just hard to eat at all because yeah, our system just kind of shuts down and our appetite goes away. But then didn't take long for that appetite to come back. And we all know what it's like, or maybe you've experienced this. It depends on the loss. I mean, certainly when my kids died, people were constantly bringing food constantly bringing food, which was so sweet and so kind. And I indulged, I really, really indulged. And I didn't, uh, I didn't practice a lot of discrimination, whatever was put in front of me, I ate. But researchers have found also that cortisol levels can affect weight gain. Lack of sleep can affect weight gain. And of course, what we put in our mouth affects weight gain, which is what I was just talking about, right? People bringing stuff and, and they're bringing comfort food because they want to be comforting, which is 
so amazing and so beautiful. And it's a, it's a beautiful sign of love. And, and certainly I did not experience that with every loss that I experienced. I know during my divorce, there was very little, um, very little of, you know, bringing of foods or treats or any of that. You know, it was, I I think I can count on one finger. (laughs) I can remember one time someone bringing, bringing a treat to our house. And so it depends on the loss. You know, sometimes we, we have a loss where people feel they, they, they just rally around and they, they do a lot of things for us. And sometimes we have a loss where it's just is, it feels ignored, doesn't it? But grief definitely can shift our cortisol levels, our sleep patterns, and what we eat. And when we're grieving, our emotions are high and our susceptibility for negative emotions is in the danger zone. So it's not even just the grief, it's all other negative emotions that a human being can experience. It's it's that um, aggravation, it's the anger, it's the, the lack of any desire for anything, that apathy, feeling isolated, feeling guilty, feeling depressed, lonely, bored, all of those things, the shame, all of that stuff that just is clinger-ons to grief, isn't it? Yeah, grief is a contracting emotion, which can make us more prone to more contracting emotions, such as guilt and shame. We don't feel very good about ourselves in grief because let's face it, we don't feel very good about anything. So we give into stress eating, we give into comfort eating, whatever you call it. And in that moment, and you know, it's, it's a, it's a physical response as well as an emotional response. And even when we get to the place where we're starting to feel better and we're not experiencing the grief to the extent that we maybe were at the beginning or we're even coming out of the grief and we feel better, we've developed habits. We've developed habits of relying on food, both physically and emotionally. These habits create a physical dependency and an emotional dependency on our favorite comfort foods. It's one of many ways that we cope, one of many ways that we cope. And it's a very, very common way of coping because unlike, let's say, smoking or taking sleeping pills or alcohol or drugs of any kind, unlike those things that are things that we choose, but we don't, we don't necessarily have to choose. In other words, We can eliminate alcohol completely and we survive, but we can't eliminate food completely, can we? And so it really comes down to those daily choices, which when we're in grief, we have so little willpower. Willpower is a muscle and it's like we lose that willpower muscle. As you start to feel better, then you often want to get your eating and therefore your weight under control. But it's not easy, is it? Because even though an emotional dependency started the habit, physical dependency creates momentum. So we're fighting both the emotional and the physical dependency. When we try to make a change, 
The physical dependency shows up in our bodies saying, wait, 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 hold on. Yesterday you fed me all the things, fries, burgers, pizza, cookies, ice cream, nothing was off limits. And today I get a salad. Wait a minute, something's gone wrong. And it starts to yell at you like a three-year-old at the checkout stand demanding the candy that they've gotten every other time you were at the store. There are so many barriers to weight loss in general. It's certainly after a major loss, any type of loss, any type of grief, we built those barriers even stronger. We've created an even higher wall to accomplishing the goal of weight loss. I want to share with you four barriers to weight loss. Number one is confusion. We're confused about, do I need to exercise or do I need to eat differently? Do I need to eat paleo or Atkins or Mediterranean or vegan or whatever the latest? Uh, what, what are some of the other diets we hear about? The zone diets. There's all these products out there too. There's so, so many different shake products that we can, we can use or packaged food products where they promise we're going to deliver to your door exactly what to eat so that you can lose the weight. And that creates so much confusion. It's like, what do we choose? How do we choose? What's ultimately going to give us what it is we want? And we really do have to define what it is we want. Is it just weight loss or is it health? It's no wonder we're confused. On every corner, there's someone else telling us how to make it happen, that their eating plan is the best. And if you just listen to them, they're going to tell you exactly what to eat, when to eat it, how often to eat it, and your problems are solved. But we know it's not true. And the confusion continues. And if you're like me in the past where I would go from one fad diet to another, hardly losing anything or losing a little bit and then gaining back more. So we're confused. We are absolutely confused and we have to make decisions and those decisions aren't always easy to make. So number two is the sense of lack, lack. It's the fear of missing out. It's the lack of comfort. It's the lack of connection. It's the lack of love. It's the lack of acceptance. It's the lack of whatever it is we have lost. We eat our feelings. We bury our pain under the weight of food. Eating a lot can help us to fill the emptiness we don't want to feel. It fills the emptiness so we don't have to feel the emptiness. It can actually lower the ability to feel and think, which is sometimes exactly what we want in grief. We lovingly call it a food coma. There's an actual scientific word for this, which I cannot pronounce, but I will try. It's called postprandial somnolence, whatever that is. And Wikipedia describes it as a normal state of drowsiness following a meal. It has two components, a general state of low energy related to activation of the parasympathetic nervous system in response to the mass in the gastrointestinal tract and a specific state of sleepiness. Well, while there are numerous theories surrounding this behavior, such as decreased blood flow to the brain, 
neurohormonal modulation of sleep through digestive coupled signaling or vagal stimulation. Very few have been explicitly tested. Okay. That was a mouthful. And if you're still here and you're not asleep from that description, you can see that there's an actual physiological response to eating a lot of food, that food coma. There's a reason that we seek the food coma and it's okay. It's what we do. And, and that's, that's what's happened, but we can see that the lack that we feel, feel, feel as an F E E L can sometimes be filled by eating a lot of food and in a lot of other ways too. But we're, we're talking specifically about that today. The number three, the number three barrier to weight loss is resentment resentment towards ourselves for not being able to make the change we want to make. We use words like, I should know better. I should be able to lose this weight. I should be making better choices. I should be exercising. I should be eating more fruits. I should be eating more vegetables. Whatever it is, it shows up as I should. We have resentment towards ourselves and we have resentment towards others who we view as unhelpful or unsympathetic, like the food pushers or the scolders or the side eyers, <laughs> the scolders who say, why are you eating that? You shouldn't be eating that. Or the side eyers, eyers that's E-Y-E-R, in case you're wondering, who just look at us sideways, like, what are you doing? But the biggest one is resentment towards ourselves. Some synonyms for resentment are anger, hatred, bitterness, dislike. Imagine when we're angry or hateful towards ourselves, there's no way we can make the changes we want to make, but then how do we make change if we accept ourselves where we are? Aren't we just accepting what we don't want? So those are the questions that we need to answer. The fourth barrier to weight loss is regret. This takes the form of, why did I let this happen? Why wasn't I paying attention? It's the shame, it's the guilt, it's the disappointment, it's the remorse. And we walk around thinking everyone is judging us, which doesn't help anything either, does it? And so we carry so much regret, so much regret. Before the kids died, I was in about the best shape I had been for many years. I was playing a lot. I was, I was exercising regularly. I had found a um, nutritional supplement that was really helping me regain my health. I'd had some little nagging things that had been bothering me, some knee pain and some different things that had been bothering me. And I just taking this, I just quickly dropped like 20 pounds and I was feeling great and I was feeling youthful. And then after they died, like that just all went away. And of course the regret was a lot. There was so much regret and so many different layers, right? But we have to answer these barriers. We have to answer these barriers in order to get the results we want. The result we want of losing the weight. So I want to talk about going from the barrier to what is the solution to that barrier? 
What are some of the things that we can work towards to eliminate the barrier, to start breaking down those huge walls that we have created? Number one, from confusion to creating clarity. Clarity is what we need. We need to answer the questions of what works for us. You got to answer the question of what works for you and not believe that what is on the library shelf, that if you just pick one of those, it's going to work for you. It may or may not, but it's finding out what works for you and creating some clarity around making a choice, then tracking the results and then adjusting. Number two, we want to go from lack to love and gratitude, 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 (laughs) showing so much love for yourself. Go back and listen to episode four. Number four, the fourth episode I ever recorded for this podcast was called Love Yourself, which has a few really helpful strategies for building love for yourself. If you love others, including anyone, someone in your family, a friend, just one person, then you know what love feels like. Start to develop those feelings for yourself. Feelings are generated from your thoughts. So it's very difficult to feel love if you're saying hateful things to yourself. So start practicing good self-talk. Come up with a few phrases just as simple as I love you and start telling yourself every day, I love you. Number three, go from resentment to compassion. I don't think we talk enough about compassion. Compassion is this beautiful word that includes kindness and care. How can you show more kindness to yourself? How can you show yourself care? And number four is to break down that wall of regret is forgiveness, self-forgiveness, Self-forgiveness means showing yourself love and compassion and offering forgiveness. It's okay that you've gained a little grief weight. It's okay if you feel a little pudgy. You were going through a hard time and you did what is common. Offer yourself compassion and forgiveness. You were doing the best you could. It is okay that this has happened. I read a post from Jonathan Van Ness. He's a hairstylist, best known on Queer Eye. And he wrote on Instagram a couple of years ago with a picture, a before and after picture. He wrote this. After my stepdad passed away, I gained 70 pounds in three months. I didn't like how I felt or looked. It's so important for me to look back now and tell that man from five years ago, he was lovely and gorge. (laughs) If, If you know Jonathan, he likes to say gorge for gorgeous. He went on, I can celebrate where I am now as long as I send love to the me's along the way. This is so beautiful. I want you to listen to those words that he shared. He demonstrates clarity. He demonstrates love. He demonstrates compassion and forgiveness. But these aren't easy to come by. 
you may think it sounds easy enough to just create clarity, love, compassion, and forgiveness, or maybe not, but it's really not very easy. We must undo the current beliefs that hover underneath it all and are keeping us stuck in confusion, lack, resentment, and regret. And then we get to create more clarity, love, compassion, and forgiveness. To do this takes focused effort and understanding. I found it invaluable, crucial to have someone in my corner to help me navigate the changes I wanted to make. Now I help others with the same changes I made to lose 40 pounds. Grief affects us in a myriad of ways. Four of the most common is it undermines our confidence, our relationships, our sense of purpose, and our health. These are the four pillars of transformation that we seek after loss. It's why I'm focused on this topic today, because in addition to grief, in general, health is one of the four pillars of rebuilding. If you relate to gaining grief or stress weight and you want to undo it, I can help. If you're tired of trying every fad diet out there and losing five pounds and putting 10 back on, then schedule a free discovery call today and we'll talk about how I can help you. I've been there. I know what it's like to become a compulsive eater because of all the grief and stress. You know it's not healthy to carry so much extra weight. And even though you can have love and compassion for yourself right where you are, and I suggest that you do, ultimately you know you want to feel good in your skin. You want to feel like you're taking care of yourself. And when you're carrying around an extra 15 or 50, it just plain doesn't feel good. You realize your senses are dull and you feel sluggish. So schedule your free call today and we can talk about how together we can help you go from confused to clear and from regret and lack to love and compassion. I'm telling you, it makes all the difference. It did for me and it can for you too. I'm here to help. Schedule your free discovery call today. My schedule is filling up and I want to help you. So go to buildalifeafterloss.com backslash talk. Click the link to my calendar. You'll find right there on the page and pick a time that works best for you. It's that simple. Again, it's buildalifeafterloss.com backslash talk. Talk to you soon. Have a wonderful week. Remember, I believe in you. Love you. Bye.